0: That's heritageradio.network.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at Academy.com. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. And we are back at our fabulous studio in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is our 323rd episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an ice cream wizard, with her Italian-inspired ice cream and coffee shop in New York City. And I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip, then later we'll have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to have integrity. Yes, have strong work ethic, including sound judgment, honesty, dependability, and loyalty and follow moral and ethical principles in all aspects of life. Integrity means living with honor, and it's a good way to live, the right way. So let's live it and always do the right thing, even when no one is watching. That's my tip today. Okay, as I said, I'm happy to be back here in the studio, and my guest today is Hallie Meyer. She's the founder and owner of Cafe Pana, an Italian-inspired ice cream and coffee shop in New York City's Gramercy neighborhood. Before opening the shop, Halle worked in savory kitchens, stateside, and in Italy, and in one of Rome's most beloved gelaterias. She began making and selling her own ice cream in 2018 through pop-ups in the South Bronx while she was serving with AmeriCorps City Year as the team leader at PS154. Café Panna is inspired by Halle's time living and working in Rome, featuring seasonal rotating flavors, creative sundays and signature avocado sundays made with both italian imp- imported and local ingredients without further ado hi hallie welcome to the
2: show thank you so much it's such a pleasure to be here and i love your tip because it's uh it's very relevant i think to at least how i try to run things at cafe pana every day um, well, but that's great. A, yes. And I try to
1: have my tip that matches how I feel about my guests. So I was inspired by well, the tip thank from you. you. Yes. you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like if you, especially in this industry when there's new things happening all the time and new things opening all the time, if you are trying to add something to the landscape of what already exists and it's not actually coming from you and it's not actually tied to what you really believe. Then what the heck is it for? You know, so I think it's a great it's a great way to, to view life and business in general. Yes, I agree, and um, yes, I'm, I'm glad you like
1: it, <laughs> and it it is how I think of you and how you run your business. Thank so, you, that's
2: super nice wonderful. of you.
1: So let's start out. I always I always like to go back with my guests and find out how they got into the industry and what inspired you to get into hospitality yeah. and
2: and now have an ice cream shop. Totally. So. I've been obsessed with ice cream for as long as I can remember, but I'm pretty sure many people have also been obsessed with ice cream because it's kind of this universally crowd pleasing item, but I knew I wanted to have my own business Um, growing up. My dad was in the restaurant business and it, you know, I was very lucky to kind of be surrounded by that growing up. Um, And also my mom was someone who followed her own passion. Uh, She's a singer and actress and sort of like seeing my parents Uh, follow the things that they just love to do and have work be something that was also just very naturally the creative thing that they also wanted to put into the world. Um, That kind of normalized for me that if I wanted to do something, well, I should go pursue it and do it. Um, And, you know, no matter what education you have, if you can seek out the work experience to make your dream come true, then uh, you should absolutely do it. So I feel very lucky for that. Um, And I think it really started uh, my freshman year of college. I worked at a local ice cream shop um, called Ashley's Ice Cream in New Haven with one of my best friends. And, you know, so on Saturday nights when all of our friends were going to the dance club next door, we were <laughs> mopping the floor and closing the ice cream shop. Um, and, you know, they were knocking on the door and asking to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I really got into I got into this idea of, you know, just flavors and, like, how amazing and fun ice cream is. Um and after that, I started to document on an Instagram account all of the ice creams that I ate, uh, and I would, you know, I would do this in every city I went to, um, whether it was international or national. Like I would look up all the ice cream shops to go to and make sure that I tried at least two different places. Really, just like putting my feelers out there, seeing what was going on. Um, and then, kind of the Italian thing fell into fell into the uh, formula. After my freshman year of college, I went to uh, work in the south of Italy in a kitchen there. So that that's the start of it all.
1: So when you started the Instagram
2: account, were you just posting pictures of ice cream? Was that your whole account? It was literally the places that, and it was really for me because I, you know, I had this pipe dream. Okay, I'm, I'm going to open an ice cream shop someday. I want to keep track of all of the ice creams I've tried. And um, so it was literally photos of all the ice creams I've eaten, whether it's at a shop whether it was Roberta's ice cream dessert whatever it was I would take a photo of it and make sure to document it there and I I, I have to credit uh, the friend that I started it with um, so we called the account you're gonna laugh but we called it two girls two cones and this is before there was a weird uh, YouTube video r- regarding oh, this. I didn't know that but yeah. I'm
1: not I'm not surprised I mean there was there have been a lot of creative <laughs> names on Instagram yes. especially when it first
2: started exactly um, and my friend bless her heart, quickly realized that I was going to be eating and documenting way more ice cream than she ever cared to. Um, <laughs> but she stayed on the account. And, uh, and so, you know, it was like four years of me doing that kind of research, actually probably more like five years. Cause it was, you know, throughout college yeah. and then, uh, just leading up to opening cafe Pana. So you went to Rome after college. I did a semester,
1: uh, my uh junior year in florence nice so that but that was
2: a part of school so but you didn't your rome experience was post yeah my rome experiences were after graduating um the first italian uh experience i had was really being being lucky enough to travel with my family when i was when i was young um and and you know i knew i loved italy but um I hadn't really had my own professional experiences there yet. So the first time I did that was after my freshman year of college, you know, when everyone else was getting these more uh, traditional internships, you know, whether it was at, at a bank or uh, whatever. I was like, I really want to go to Italy. I want to explore this a little further. So I found a, um, a place with another friend of mine that uh, where I was able to work basically like on an agro-turismo um, in the south of Italy. So it was kind of like a... uh, an inn for for guests to cycle in and out of and there was terraced farms um, that were being restored and you know we were cooking like eggplant parmesan when we had a lot of eggplants we were making tomato sauce when we had a lot of tomatoes Um, and my friend and I were like the only English speaking people in that town so, we picked up a little bit of Italian, but I hadn't really taken it at that point uh oh, like interesting formally. so then, when I got back to school I, I took it and I was like, "This is amazing um and speaking it just makes me feel happy so um, yes, I spoke <sighs> it a tiny
1: bit when I was living there that was at my, I was at my prime i've I understand it now much better than i than I say anything <laughs>
2: it's it's kind of it's kind of a language that's easy to understand because it's so expressive. You know yes, So even yes. if you're not quite sure what's what's uh, what's going on, there's a way to at least feel the energy of what the person is saying.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I love ice cream. I love. I, I certainly loved eating a lot of gelato in in Italy when I was there, and appreciate it now. But I never had the I'm going to open an ice cream shop when I at some point. Yeah. So when did that kind of kick in where you're like, this is really what I want to do. And, and then just also, I mean, your father, Danny Meyer is, uh is a, uh, my guest from episode 100. So I have to give him oh, nice. a shout out. And I truly admire him. He's very admired in the industry, but my, I want to know, like as, as his daughter, was he encouraging for you to, Open an ice cream shop. I mean, I think what you were saying earlier was basically whatever you want to pursue. Your parents were like, go for it.
2: Yeah, and I feel I feel very lucky uh, to be able to say that. And I always make a point of I give my give my dad a ton of credit because what he does obviously was what exposed me to the industry. But I think more importantly in informing my um, desire to take a step and. Start my own business and create my own concept. I really do need to credit both parents because they set the example for me that what you do professionally can, in fact, <laughs> align with what you love to do. And it's it's uh, you know not necessarily just about how much money are you going to make, but if you do the thing that you love, that you love, then that will
1: follow. About, yes, <laughs> yes, and that's that. I believe in that. And I think that's a wonderful lesson to learn from your parents. Right.
2: Yeah. No. And I, I think they, um, they definitely support me. I yeah. no no question. And they, they also deserve a lot of credit for allowing me to make, uh, a disgusting amount of ice cream at home for (laughs) about a year straight. When I was, uh, I was actually living in their, in their apartment when I was doing my year of service with AmeriCorps in the South Bronx. Um, because, uh, you know, it was just the most convenient place for me to live. Um, uh, quickly hop on the sixth train, go up to the school I was working at and come back, sleep for a very short amount of hours and get back up there at 7am for morning circle with the kids. And every night I would come home and like make ice cream in tiny little Cuisinart ice cream maker, just experimenting with flavors. And so my mom would be like, "Hallie, you need to like clear the freezer out. Like, you know, <laughs> um, but, but that's really how it all started. So huge credit to both of them. Uh, in that regard. And so, it doesn't yes. sound so terrible having you at home. <laughs> I, I, you know, I appreciate yeah. you saying
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's let, from the outside looking in, but I yeah. wouldn't mind someone making ice cream for me. Um, <laughs> so, so you, so, so you decided
2: to open this Italian-inspired yeah. ice cream shop. I think, um, to answer your question of when did I really know yeah. that I was going to do this, it was when I, um, was working in Italy in 2017. I I went to live in Rome for like a six month period. And I worked at a kitchen um, at a place called the American Academy in Rome, which is, um, you know, a very amazing old institution that houses architects and artists and uh, professors who become fellows for about two years. And the kitchen program there Is actually um, now run by uh, Alice Waters' Rome Sustainable Food Project. So, the kitchen is uh, rotating American, Italian, uh, and chefs from all around the world, Uh, and you know it's young young cooks. Um, So I was one of those, and we had the uh, the pleasure of cooking. Three beautiful meals a day for the fellows that live there, and you know their guests that were cycling through. Um, and you know there's a garden on the campus, and it's it it, it really immerses you in um, traditional Roman cooking, but also kind of with like a seasonality bent. So when I was there, after all my shifts and before all my shifts, I was going to every single place that sold gelato in Rome, and just getting completely um, absorbed and obsessed. And that's when I was like, okay. I gotta do this when I go back. We we have to make this real in New York. Yeah. So that was the moment I think. And you did.
1: Talk about
2: so so for people
1: who don't know what Cafe Pana is and tell us a bit about the concept and and your different offerings and I'm eyeing this fabulous ice cream that's in front of us,
2: and I'm gonna dive in at any moment. (laughs) These four pints are now at the perfect eating temperature, so you probably should do it. I'm gonna take a bite (laughs) while you explain a little what Cafe Panna is. For sure, so so Cafe Panna is an Italian-inspired ice cream shop. So we, I opened in 2019, um, September of 2019, so that was only about six months before um, the world changed, and the pandemic hit. Um, And when we opened, I opened kind of more directly as um, not a copy, but really like inspired by the Italian concept that I had uh, fallen in love with. So the Cafe Bar Gelateria, the place where you can go in the morning for your espresso and pastry and then get your ice cream in the afternoon, get your affogato in the evening, um, and even get a drink at night. So we were primarily a scoop shop. (laughs) <laughs> you like them? <laughs> I'm
1: over here, just like smiling as I'm. It makes me so happy to eating see. my eating
2: my four pints of ice cream. <laughs> so the two flavors you just tried, the first is Red Flag, and that is uh, sweet cream base with strawberry swirl and house made graham crunch. That was actually the first flavor I ever sold. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and it's now one of our classics. the uh, The other one is Odd's Dream, which is named after my mom. So those two we we have every single day. Those are two of our classics. Um, And then one of the crazy things we do is we change the other flavors every day as well. So both scoops and pints change every day. Um, Odd's Dream is a vanilla ice cream with peanut butter swirl. Very simple. I love it.
1: I mean, and I'll I'll share with you. I was going to share with you at some point. This past weekend, somebody took a little visit over to Cafe Pana and waited outside for a bit. It was a nice long line on Saturday night. Did you go? I was Amazing. there. Amazing. You got to tell me next time. <laughs> next time, but um I got I went I I got your an Okay. with the um I think I think we have it here, the the All Cafe Extreme. Bianco. Cafe Bianco, yeah. Cuz I asked actually uh the the worker, the mm-hmm. person on your team who what what was most popular and he said that was. Yeah. And, it's a great affogato. And then the move that I made which was so fabulous. I got a Nabisco Inferno to go. Nice. A whole
2: pint of Nabisco a whole Inferno. whole
1: pint. Yes. And when I got home, I honestly had a, almost couldn't stop eating it. Um, insane. Insane flavor. I mean, and the affogato, I have to say, when I was there, I was thinking, oh, I should get a whole Sunday. You know, you're known for your affogato Sundays. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I just, I'll t- talk later. I went after a dinner I had and I just wanted that. A sweet taste. That sweet taste and the size of it with the espresso. And it was just perfect. Yeah. You know?
2: The single affogato. So I I, I love that. I love what you just described because you just described two menu items that are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum of what we do. And like the one side of the spectrum, like you said, is very, very adult. And there's something about the affogato that turns an ice cream outing into like a more adult, more mature thing because, you know, there's espresso, but also... You got the Café Bianco, which is a very sophisticated flavor. It's cold, steep coffee bean. It's white, but it tastes like coffee. And it has fruity little chocolate shards uh, that we use on mono chocolate in. And the espresso, you know, it's like the espresso brings out the ice cream, and the ice cream brings out the espresso. It was
1: perfect yeah. combo. I'm really – my favorite flavor Is growing up, I'd say, was Rocky Road. Like, I've always mm. been a chocolate person. Chunky chocolate, And I yeah. almost got the chocolate, but I asked, and I just followed the lead on it. I figured, you know – Let me try this. And I loved it. I mean, I love, I love sweets, So I'm not that, (laughs) I'm not that hard to please in a sense, but your flavors, they just rock. They're so unique.
2: So what's this one I just tried that tastes, I think, like
1: peanut butter and jelly? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's,
2: so this one is a fresh black raspberry base with that thick peanut butter swirl and actually a blackberry swirl. So I love playing with fruit and nut and you know figuring out different combos that work. I feel like everything can be built off of PB and J, that combo, because there's something yeah. there's something that is just so complimentary about nut and fruit, because one is like that kind of saltier, richer, and one is like acidic. And there are usually some really fun combinations to be had. So black raspberry and peanut butter is one of my favorites strawberry and almond strawberry and hazelnut you know they're really fun ways that you can like riff off of that and then of course the cafe bianco which you're digging into now but the the amazing thing about your order which was a cafe bianco affogato and then the pint of nabisco inferno you see the spectrum right the nabisco inferno is we took every single nabisco cookie that there is and infused it into the ice cream somehow so the base is infused with nutter butters The chunks were candied golden Oreos. The swirl was a fudge that had chocolate chips throughout it. So that kind of flavor is, I mean, that's definitely not traditional Italian, right, at all. That's totally, um, you know, our spin on things. Um, But we we do take some things from the Italian tradition like the affogados and also the fact that we make the flavors daily. I mean, they're, they're all amazing. They're all completely different flavor
1: profiles, right, right? Like, you know, a little more intense, a little more mild, a little, but they're all, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So let me I'm ask glad you, like you them. no, thank you so much for bringing. I mean, I, I enjoyed waiting, um, in line the other night cause it was part of the experience. It's like a New York experience and people, it was just exciting. It was great to be there. And then you have your windows set up outside and, um,
2: yeah, yeah. Was, I appreciate our guests so much because they um, they have fun in line. You know, that's really that's not even really up to us. We can, we can you know, put out a great product and have a great team. Um, but if people are having fun, that adds to everyone else's experience. So yeah, very was, grateful that they that they have a good time in line. It was good energy. It was good. It was a beautiful night.
1: People were excited to be out totally. and waiting for ice cream and and very worth the wait. Um, well, thank you for coming. <laughs> of course. So let me ask you my question from my last guest. In episode 322, I had on Laura Lashley. Mm-hmm. She's the national on-premise manager for Diageo non alc And she wants to know, what's so special about the kinds of Italian cafes that inspired your concept, bringing an Italian-inspired ambiance and service to New York? What do you think you can bring to New York from Italy? She noted she's never been to Italy. Mm-hmm. So she's sort of... And she's based in L.A., so... Um.
2: Yeah, well, that's a great question, and I feel like I have to, um, for professional reasons, return to Italy at least twice a year now to remind myself of what it is I'm trying to bring to New York. Um, but the the first thing that I would say as, uh, as a caveat is Café Pana is not Italian, right? It's inspired by these Café Bar Gelaterias, but... None of these flavors are traditionally Italian, and so we're not claiming to be that right. at all. Um, but the the spirit of what goes on in the cafe bar gelaterias in Rome that I really fell in love with is that it's a place you can go for a treat for also something a little bit more practical, you know, a coffee. Um, and like I said, we used to do pastries and uh, and everything. We stopped doing that, which is, you know, which is fine we're still like the core of what we are is still very true to that concept and we're really because of the pandemic able to lean into the thing that we do best which is pints um and scoops um but the other thing about the the italian concept is that people use these places as not just like special occasions you know it's not just waiting in line when it's a really nice day it's you know a bunch of lawyers going out to get an affogato together. It's, uh, you know, grandmas, it's kids. It's And so I, I wanted to have that kind of place. And that's part of why I wanted to call it Cafe Pana. Like, I, I want you to know that you can come at any time of day. You can sit alone and eat your affogato, which I'm sure you probably saw that. We There are people that just come and they get an affogato and they just sit there alone. And and there's something about that that's just really beautiful. Um, and I think it's something, uh, something about the espresso makes it feel a little bit more... Um, a little bit more adult adult, but it yeah. also just like it's also just the best food in the world
1: no it's 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 fabulous, and yeah, the size like having there was no not to say you should feel guilty when you're eating ice cream ever, but there was like no guilt like there was this it was, I got one scoop and like I ate the whole thing it was like it was perfect it was exactly what i. I wanted
2: right, and, and if you want to go all out,
1: we definitely have covered. Well, you, covered you in could that t- talk about that because you have. I mean, anyone goes to Instagram and they sees your Sundays, they are they are works
2: of art. Yeah, those are fun. So the um, the way that we structure our menu is well, one of the main things that I t- took inspiration from uh, from those cafe bar gelaterias, and specifically the one I worked at Odaleg is that flavors that are sold that day are produced as close to that day as possible and that the flavors are infinity they're ever changing you will definitely have your classic staples that you have at every gelateria you know pistachio stracciatella uh nocciola and for us we always have our classic six flavors um, which is vanilla chocolate cafe bianco stracciatella odds dream red flag and chocolate sorbet um, and cookies and pana, of course, how can I forget our for? <laughs> um, I like to forget <laughs> it, I think. but but the thing that that I loved so much about um, the gelaterias there is that there's an endless the, the rest of the display case of flavors can be anything. Um, and at many gelaterias, it it doesn't change so much. They're very traditional, but um, specifically the one that I worked at Odaleg, Uh, Marco the chef is very adventurous and you know he would send me to the farmer's market and just be like pick up whatever you find and I'd bring back carrots and he'd be like great we're making carrot you know so that spirit of being able to use a technique but change the um change the content you know within that format that's really exciting to me so that's what we do with the pints every week with the scoops every week and then also with the sundays every day so we have affogato sundays and ice cream sundays and an affogato sunday is basically a um you know a, a freestyle spin on an affogato which is espresso poured over ice cream but with the sundays um i like to incorporate a crunch element uh maybe some kind of gooey element a drizzle and definitely panna um and then pair that with flavors that aren't just vanilla and chocolate
1: yeah, well, there was a very interesting one the night I was there. It was, it, it's you have puns, I think, also when you read. <laughs> you got to read the description
2: because, so, but this one, I know it had grape nuts. Yeah. It was very. It was a grape nutty affogato. Yes. So, So the, uh, that's actually a, that's a great one to dissect that uh, can explain a lot of parts of the story. So the grape nutty affogato, that um, had grape nut ice cream. So grape nut ice cream, literally the cereal grape nuts. We soak that in the ice cream base. Then we strain those out. Then we spin that ice cream. So it's an ice cream that tastes like grape nut milk. And then we add crunchy grape nuts in there. That flavor is one of my favorite flavors from Ashley's ice cream, which is where I worked in college. And it's actually kind of like a traditional New England flavor. Who knew? But I said, okay, this is a really good coffee uh, flavor pairing, right? Because this is like that nutty kind of cookie-ish milky vibe really good with coffee also kind of gives you breakfast uh feelings yeah with yeah. the combination and then peanut butter of course because anytime you can cut that nuttiness with like the really strong uh ristretto intenso espresso that we use it just kind of like it brings out both sides so it was that and then some peanut brittle to like add extra crunch. Did you, you didn't get that one? Though, I right? didn't get okay. that one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. No, people love the, people love the nutty ones. They love the, the cereally yeah. ones. Um,
1: I was tempted, but yeah, I'll have to maybe catch it next time or just, yeah. Yeah. Dream about one. it. Very fun one. But it's amazing talking to you and you are just, you are just glowing this whole entire conversation. Like, It's, it's, it's (laughs) obvious that you love what you do and you're so passionate about it. I'm very lucky. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, On a little bit of a different note, just with the pandemic, which, you know, over the past two plus years, like how did that shift your business model and, and also like moving forward? What do you, what's, what's the plan?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think the pandemic, um, as we both know, impacted this industry in a way that, uh, a lot of other industries can't even relate to. And, um, I was really lucky that we, you know, that I had a product that was something we could basically Ship. repurpose, uh, or, or, you know, yeah, re, um, reshape and sell it in a different format, as I was mentioning. So before the pandemic cafe Pana was, was, uh, only three of those categories that I mentioned. So, we only did scoops, ice cream sundays, affogato sundays. We no, did not no do pints. pints. We did no not sell pints. pints in those first 6 months. We maybe sold <laughs> I'll take that back. We maybe sold, you know, 20 pints a week because we were hand packing them for someone who begged for it, but it wasn't something I was pushing um because I was really kind of into this idea of, well, let's have it just be all about the scoops just like it is in Italy. Pints are not something you will see at a gelateria in Italy, Um, and uh, and so when 2020 hit, uh, when March 2020 hit, we closed down for about you know three weeks, Um, and uh, I you know quickly realized this was going to be the way that we could get the product to our guests who you know I would love to give I, I I would love to spread a little joy during this time. So we started to make pints um, with a very, very stripped-down team. You know, we started with only like hundred a week, um, and we turned our corner on 19th Street into a pickup window. And as the uh, 18 months progressed, I started to realize that this business model was uh, way more efficient than my previous business model. We still we added back scoops, we added back Sundays. But now we had this whole other sales category of pints, um, and we added on online ordering, so folks were ordering online at Cafe Pana to pick up at Cafe Pana. delivery, so folks in Manhattan all over can get Cafe Pana delivered in pints only, and the scoops and the sundays really kind of became um, secondary from a you know from a revenue perspective, but they still remain a very key part of the experience, right? You had this experience of the affogato and that uh, that's still going to be how you associate with the, with the brand. Um, and then we added on nationwide shipping and, uh, I started to work with a couple partners here in New York to make custom flavors for them. And those are mostly in pints. So, so now I've got kind of a wholesale, uh, program going on the nationwide shipping and then, you know, the direct from cafe Pana, um, and, we actually closed the store for about four months um this past september uh just to increase our production capacity so now we can make more ice cream out of our shop um still gonna need to get more space asap but uh but it definitely helped uh, we were able to triple the production capacity of of what we previously yeah. could do
1: that's amazing art would you like to open more locations or right now you're just you're
2: good with so i think what the pandemic taught me, uh, is, is really how this business should work, um, and can work, which is that we, we can make more ice cream and sell more ice cream, um, in fewer hours with fewer people, but make more people happy with it. So what, what I want to do next is get more space to make more ice cream. Um, so I'm not necessarily yeah. interested in another scoop shop location, but rather a production location that could have a pint window that can have the same online and delivery operation yeah. with, uh, with the same, you know, set of rotating flavors. Maybe they're different for one borough than the other. Um, we're here in Brooklyn and, and I have to say it would be, it would make a lot of sense for me to, um, uh, to, you know, maybe get some production space here so that you yeah. can start getting the pints to a different borough. Well, that's, that's cool. I will stay tuned. Yeah. And
1: before we take a break, I'll just say I, I was at a fabulous event last night. I actually got to go to the, the film premiere of we feed people, which is, which is on Jose Andres and world center kitchen. And it's directed by Ron Howard. And there was an after party at um, Jose's Mercado little Spain. And Gail Simmons was there and we were chatting and I mentioned that you were coming on my show today and she she I, I think I think ten minutes at least she went on how Cafe Pana like what is is her favorite and how she what? would drive I had no here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> she would she would well, she said during the pandemic she would take she would. They would take trips with her kids to come here and get the pints from the window. That's great. No, she was. It was like I mentioned it, and she was just. It was. We had this. We had this huge conversation all about how much wow. we love what you're doing. Well, and now yeah, I know. She's a big fan. <laughs>
2: I have she's to reach out and send her some ice cream. But yeah, the 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 window thing uh, during the pandemic taught us a lot and you know as you know that's the model now really it's just a little bit more formalized yeah. but i think it was kind of a fun special occasion experience for people because we were only doing like two days a week at that time yeah uh, people just needed something to do and i get it because i was here in
1: the pandemic so yeah, yeah yeah but and with kids and ice cream yeah it all made sense totally. but yes yes uh, now you know <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> of course of course so we're gonna take a little break because we got this ice cream uh we're gonna have to freeze it up or something it's it's melting but it's um so delicious and uh we'll come back and uh we will play my speed round talk some industry news i have my solar dining experience and final questions so stay with us this is all in the industry on heritage radio network You've heard me talk about Diageo Bar Academy on this podcast now for some time. Diageo Bar Academy is a totally free resource for bartenders, bar managers, and those in the hospitality industry. Whether you are an experienced bartender looking for new inspirations and trends, or you're just starting out, Diageo Bar Academy's online courses offer real-life skills to help you grow in your career. They are always free, interactive, and some take less than 30 minutes to complete. E-learning courses cover everything from skills and techniques to basics of spirit categories and improving guest experiences. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com to build your skills with Diageo Bar Academy e-learning and masterclasses. Made for newbies and bar professionals at every level, it's time to focus on taking your career to the next level. Become a member today for instant access to their global bar community. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. Must be 21 or over. Please drink responsibly. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Hallie Meyer the founder and owner of Cafe Pana, an Italian-inspired ice cream and coffee shop in New York City's Gramercy neighborhood. So, Hallie, it's time for my speed round.
2: <gasps> very exciting.
1: Yeah, very Let's exciting. Do it. I think I, I have a feeling you're going to rock this game. So what this is is I name a couple of things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Vanilla. Ah, it's always in my sample. I'm chocolate, as I said earlier. Interesting.
2: <laughs> what, what's the most common answer?
1: Well, that one's, um, I think that's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, which maybe, I don't know if you find that too. We actually find that chocolate is the least seller. It's Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. But if you put something in chocolate, then poof, it sells like crazy. That is very
1: interesting. Right. Yeah, because I've always been a chocolate person, and then I realized, it's the same with actually restaurants too, with dessert menus. I'll typically go for the chocolate, and I've learned... There's a lot of other great desserts that I might Fruit. really Fruit. enjoy, so I don't always get the chocolate now. Good. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Diversify.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, so here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? Eat in at home. Indoor dining or al fresco dining? Al fresco dining if it's nice out. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail or champagne? Champagne. Prosecco really. All right. I like it. <laughs> Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Large plates. (laughs) (laughs) How about communal table or chef's counter?
2: Oh, communal table.
1: Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive charge only because that's what we do at Cafe Pana and got to stand by it. Yeah, that one has always been the most Mm -hmm. interesting or kind of
2: people, people get
1: get stumped on that yeah I mean it's super
2: important to me to to make sure that the production team and the front of house team get uh, compensated equally because you know no offense to the front of house love them and they do amazing work but our production team is making thousands of pints by hand every week and they deserve to be compensated um, on par with front of house
1: yeah well that's nice makes sense okay a couple more making ice cream or eating ice cream
2: uh, definitely eating ice cream, <laughs> um, but making this ice cream. So nothing I'd rather be doing than making ice cream every day. Um, but when I'm eating ice cream, it, it's not, never my ice cream because you know, you have to, you have to be in like a mindless chill state when you're eating ice cream. Yeah. If I tried to dig into <laughs> one of these pints, it would, it, it's like work. It's like digging into art. I know I should
1: have offered you some, but you just, Yeah. There were spoons. (laughs) It was offered. (laughs) Okay. How about gelato, sorbet, or ice cream? Ice cream. And then a a little extra one, because we didn't
2: talk about it. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Yeah, Yeah, I know. You've you've done stuff with pasta. Definitely. Okay. Definitely pasta. pasta. Although pizza and pasta have the same uh, trait, one of many traits that ice cream has, which is that... um, It's kind of a blank canvas that you can apply a lot of different flavor combinations to. Uh, But probably more importantly, what it shares with ice cream is that it's hard to find a person that doesn't like pizza and pasta Yeah. ice cream.
1: Yeah, no, true, true. All good categories. (laughs) Definitely. Okay, last two,
2: cheese plate or dessert? Ooh, Ah. lately, cheese plate, because I know I'm going to have dessert when I get home, which is always going to be Strawberry Hagen does. Oh wow, so interesting. <laughs> I love that you're you yeah, you eat others' ice cream.
1: Absolutely. It's fantastic. Okay, last one's Manhattan or Brooklyn? <laughs> Manhattan.
2: Manhattan. <laughs> Born and raised and still live and work in the same 10 block radius. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your neighborhood you're in Gramercy is like fabulous it's neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood, yeah. yeah. I feel really lucky that, you know, the space became available when it did. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome that was the game and yes, you were awesome. Good. Good. Okay, so for industry news, I just picked out an article that was in USA Today entitled Netflix is rebooting Iron Chef with Alton Brown, the chairman, in eight bingeable episodes and this was by Jennifer McClellan. And yeah, this is this is Iron Chef, which has been a very popular show for I think they it says here they did 13 seasons on the food network is coming back it's going to be on netflix starting june 15th and it's uh it's a reboot and um they have a host a new host christine Kish, is joining alton brown and then their their iron chef uh um chairman mark de is back so um <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was this was fun news. I think it's a show people
2: appreciate. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, there it's, you go. <laughs> it's like drama and cooking all in one. It is. It's been very popular. They said
1: they haven't announced yet who the Iron Chefs are or the challengers. Uh, so that's all going to be new, and you know, it's a different it's different platform. So we'll see how much they you know change it up a little bit. But I think it's a, it will be exciting to see who who they bring on
2: yeah absolutely I love Alton Brown too he kind of he kind of made the nerdy side of cooking cool with his uh, with his show good eats absolutely yeah. that is like the perfect definition of of something or what he's done. I would love to talk to him about ice cream because there's so much science in it that people don't care to really think about which is is good they, they shouldn't they should just enjoy the ice cream but I would love to just yeah. riff about. How there's really no difference between ice cream and gelato, etc., etc.
1: Is that's a so that came up in a conversation I was having recently. What so there isn't a difference between
2: ice cream and gelato. So here's my take. Okay. Um gelato is the Italian word for ice cream. But right? <laughs> <Right? laughs> so, um, right. So, if you want to describe cafe Pana in Italian, we're a gelateria. Um, but we are in the United States, so I call it ice cream, and we're an ice cream shop. Um, there are some legal definitions uh, of ice cream. So in the United States, in order to market your product as ice cream, um, on a grocery shelf, you have to, your product has to contain at least 10% butter fat and weigh 4.5 pounds per gallon. So if it meets those criteria, you can call it ice cream, but if it meets those criteria, no one's stopping you from calling it gelato, right? Um, gelato in Italy tends to be a little bit lower butterfat percentage. Sometimes it's between eight and 12% fat. Whereas my ice creams are usually between, uh, more like 13 to even sometimes up to 18, depending on, you know, the ingredients we're using. Um, so that's a tends to thing, really it's, it's a spectrum. And then there are, there are more qualitative differences, right? Like if you go to a gelateria, um, in Italy or a place that is marketing itself as a gelateria, you might see the product displayed differently, right? You might see it in the um, third pans as opposed to tubs that you're scooping out of. Uh, You might see it piled really high and have it, you know, look like gelato. It might be served a little warmer. Um, But again, all of these things are, these aren't set in stone or written anywhere. Some people come up to the store and they're like, well, are there eggs in your product? And I'm like, some flavors have eggs, some don't. Well, then it's not gelato, you know. So I always find that funny. It's it's interesting. People like people like semantics. We use semantics to organize our understanding of the world. But I think sometimes uh, some things like ice cream, um, they uh, they're beyond semantics. So let's just enjoy. Well, it. I appreciate <laughs> the
1: explanation. I hope you get a geek out with Alton Brown one day. That would be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a very interesting, probably very long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So that's the news. And um, for my solo dining experience this week, I went to a place called Q, which is spelled K-Y-U. And here's the rundown. The location, 324 Lafayette Street in Noho, New York City. The concept, it's a wood-fired Asian-inspired restaurant, which opened its original location in Miami in 2016. The owners are, the founders, uh, original founders are Alan Omsky and Jordan Safi, and they joined with the Rubin brothers, Simon and David, who I read are British billionaires, because guess are funding this whole thing, and they're they're going to be expanding, so um, the, that's who the owners are, and then the chef is Chris Ara Lanes, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Why would I go? Well, I had been to the original queue, which is in Wynwood, Miami, um, and I really enjoyed it. And this is a hot new opening in New York City, so I decided to go. So my experience: so this past Saturday night, I had a reservation for one. Very warmly greeted when I came in. I was led to a table in the back dining room. I was seated against the banquette, and it was a great spot to watch the room. It was a lot of. It was a. It's a lively restaurant. Um, serve my server was lovely, super nice. Uh, and Chris, actually, the Chef Chris came by my table. I think he was walking around the whole dining room, but we had a nice uh, chance to chat a little bit about what he was doing there. That was cool. Okay, so what did I get? Well, I ordered the tuna crispy rice with smoked chili, which is uh, one of their signatures, and I also got the baby back ribs with yakiniku and cilantro, and I looked up Yakiniku, and it actually means grilled meat or barbecue in Japan. So, um, this was a wood fired item they had. My take. So, the ribs came out super fast. I don't know. I was sitting there, and all of a sudden the ribs were there, and (laughs) I was honestly really craving meat and ribs. And so, I was, I was stoked but I also I knew the tuna I'd ordered would be coming after and I felt like it wasn't didn't feel like the right combo to go back so I canceled the tuna because I figured I can go back another time and get that and I was really craving ribs and that's like what I wanted so I just got down with these ribs and they're baby back so they're not they're not huge but there were six of them piled up um and uh the, they were fabulous. The meat fell off the bone, super tasty sauce. Like I was just in my element in this busy restaurant <laughs> chowing down on my ribs. Um, I had a little bit of leftovers um, that I, I then had the next day. So um, it was fabulous. I really, I, I loved it. The ambiance. So it's an impressive space. It's got a really pretty bar up front that, and it divides the room. There's like a see-through backlit bar um, like the bar shelf, and it's light and bright. And then when you go into the back dining room, it's more dark and sexy, I'd say. It's got super high ceilings. And then up front, they also, by the bar, when you pass by, they have this large communal table that's adjacent to the bar and next to this like this semi-open kitchen. So it's a very cool space. I'd say it's perfect for dinner with friends. And there was definitely a millennial crowd more going on there. It was a very young, um, I'd say hip crowd. People were out. It was Saturday night, too interesting tidbit so this space used to be bobby flea's gato which closed during the pandemic and um, q is now expanding to other cities they're i think they're going to vegas and la next and um, i saw on the website they're also currently in mexico city so personal fun fact this is after my dinner this is when i biked up to cafe Pana. Because I saved a little room for my dessert, and I I waited and got my perfect avocado and pint to go. Um, so it was a really it was a fun. What a great combo! It was a fun outing, and that's why after this after the super savory ribs, and then to to go and have
2: your ice cream with the, the avocado, it was like perfect. I love that combo. I, if I remember correctly, Q has a a well known coconut cake. Is that right? They probably
1: do. Okay. Yeah, I skipped. I skipped dessert, but um, yeah, they have a few signature things that are more popular. But yeah, next, um, my thing is, will I go back? Yes, I, ha- I should. I would like to go back, and um, and it's probably a good place to go with with friends and mm-hmm. share. It's, uh, you know, I do. I do my solo, and I'm 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 always very happy in doing it everywhere I go. But um, I think oh, this solo is a place dining you is the could, best. Yeah, it really is. Um, get what you want you're in and out it's like and it's fun so the cost of this meal was $40 not including tax and gratuity and as I said I'd go back and their website is kyurestaurants.com and on Instagram kyunyc so there you go hot new restaurant New York it. City
2: <laughs> I have to try it I tried it in Miami
1: oh did you yeah it was great yeah, yeah. popular hard yeah. to get
2: a reservation yeah yeah, no, it was delicious I think, um, I think they had some kind of fried chicken that. that I remember. Yeah,
1: I almost got the fried chicken, but it was one of these I hadn't had like red meat in a while, and it was just like what I was craving. It Love was perfect. Red meat. If you are yeah. if you
2: want to talk about red meat, I'm your, I'm your girl. <laughs> All right, <laughs> after the show. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's time for the final question. My next guest is Dan Ryan. He's the founder and CEO of Agency nine six seven which is a company that provides the best furniture solutions to the top hotels in the world dan is also the host of defining hospitality podcast i recently was on his podcast my episode is episode 48 if anyone wants to check it out so i'm excited to have him on this show because that was interesting i was not used to someone asking me the questions (laughs) More used to asking questions so i'm going to get the shot to ask him questions. And now you, I would love if you could also ask Dan a question.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to refer to the question because uh, I might have forgotten it. But I think, unless you have it written down. I
1: did. I did write down oh, what yeah. you sent me. Uh, you you said, how have hotel and restaurant design needs changed since the pandemic? Have business models shifted? Have business models shifted? how have you oh yeah how have you (laughs) i don't know i might have written this wrong no no, how have you had to provide your service
2: yeah so i i was interested in um how hotel and restaurant design needs have changed since the pandemic and have the fact that those business models have changed has that shifted how you've had to provide your service um Dan as the designer. So just like for us, how we've had to completely shift our business model because the way people are enjoying our product is different. It's it's a, it's a come and go thing. How has his business had to change as a service provider based on how restaurants are changing Fantastic. super interested to know.
1: Yeah, I'm going to find out. I'm super interested to know too. So, um, thank you. And Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for bringing your delicious ice cream. My pleasure. So great to be here. And it's just it's great to hang out here back in the backyard of Roberta's and get to talk about
2: joy. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm I'm so grateful that you had me. Uh, My pleasure. And please tell me next time you come to the store. I will. It was
1: it was it was kind of a. I had it in mind. But a secret a,
2: shopper. It was
1: a, it was a it was a spontaneous move, a little bit, but also your hours. We didn't talk about this. You're mm-hmm. not. You're only, You're what? You're open Wednesday to Sunday.
2: Yes. So Monday and Tuesday, we are producing ice cream nonstop. We produce Monday through Friday, and then we're open at the store Wednesday through Sunday. So we're in the store every day working, but we couldn't possibly stay open seven days with our current production capacity. Mm. So that's what. Uh, and that makes sense. With with.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought you were just, I thought you were just like hanging out for two days, you know.
2: Oh God, you, that's like <laughs> a,
1: that's like a sword in my chest. <laughs> Obviously teasing. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I will, I will let you know when I come back okay, and great. it will be hopefully soon. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So my guest today has been Hallie Meyer. She's the founder and owner of Cafe Pana, an Italian inspired ice cream and coffee shop in New York City's Gramercy neighborhood. Her website is cafepana.com, and you can follow her on social media at Hallie Meyer and at Café Pana. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All All in the Industry. My website's bayerpublicrelations.com, sherrybayer.com, and allintheindustry.com. All of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks to my engineer today, Matt, and thanks again to Hallie. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. My next show with Dan Ryan will be on May 18th. Hope you'll tune in then and stay safe and well. And thank you for being a part of all in the industry. Bye. (laughs)